back to the Chronicles of Aguna sponsored by Loserpool with me Harry Simiou you'll have to excuse the poor sound quality on this edition um, I am recording this on my mobile phone because I'm all over the place with work today um, traveling and I'll be on Love Sport Radio for the A Little Bit Arsenal show this evening between 7 and 9pm meaning that by the time I get home tonight it'll be after 10pm and to make you guys wait um, until Friday given that we're supposed to release Thursday podcasts would be just wrong wouldn't it so um, not going to do that Manchester United 2 Arsenal 2 and I think I've now just come to accept the fact that no matter how many times uh, we take the lead no matter how many chances we create and no matter how poor Manchester United are we just don't win at Old Trafford do we Um, it seems as though we're cursed there Um, I want to start off by talking about Unai Emery's uh, team selection he kept with the same system uh, that served him so well at Bournemouth and, of course, against Tottenham uh, last Sunday. The suspension of Granite Xhaka last night meant that Emery was forced to make at least one change in personnel. Um, he, in fact, made two. Aaron Ramsey and Matteo Guendouzi came in for Xhaka and Mikitarian. Now, interestingly, Aaron Ramsey captained the side despite the fact um, it looks like he'll be off in the summer. Credit where it's due, though. It's got to be said, he's remained professional at all times. I feel like he's battled for the calls whenever called upon. And Unai Emery clearly believes that to be the case too. Now, the game started and I thought United were the ones on the front foot initially. For about 15 minutes or so, they had us pinned back in our own half with us being unable to string together even two or three passes. But despite their early dominance, they didn't really create anything of note. Uh, We maintained our shape well, restricted them to a couple of long-distance efforts only. Uh, One from Marcus Rashford that Bernd Leno held springs to mind. Now, Arsenal eventually grabbed the foothold in the game. And for approximately 15 minutes or so, I thought we were the more threatening of the two sides. Sead Kalasinac's marauding runs from left wing-back were causing the young Dallow all sorts of problems. Eventually, our pressure was rewarded when a corner came in. Uh, Mustafi wriggling free of Chris Smalling, um, I think it was, and heading towards goal only for David De Gea to make a hash of it and allow the ball to cross the line somehow. Now, goal line technology had to intervene there and Andre Mariner blew the whistle before pointing to the centre circle, much to my delight. Um, I did wonder... Uh, whether it would be given there was a little bit of a pause there but of course there is a little bit of a delay on the technology so that's fair enough as long as they get the right decision in the end and on this occasion they did now it's not often you see David De Gea make such an embarrassing error usually he's the one earning United points not throwing them away but fortunately for Mustafi he did what he did because to be completely free on the edge of the six yard box central and hit it straight at the keeper in my opinion is piss poor and had that not gone in it would have been added to my long list of gripes with the German defender 
Now, annoyingly, that lead didn't even last five minutes. Matteo Guendouzi dangled the leg on the edge of the box and conceded what, in my opinion, was a silly free kick. Yes, the United players engineered the foul, but why give him the opportunity to do so? We're playing at Old Trafford, which automatically means you're playing against 12. So I just felt that was a little bit naive on Guendouzi's part. That's not to say he didn't have a good game. I thought overall he played very well. Um, but there were certain moments in that first half where he gave the ball away extremely cheaply. And that combined with conceding that free kick really wound me up, if truth be told. I know he's only 19 years old. And so a performance like that at Old Trafford shouldn't be sniffed at. But he clearly still needs to grow up a little bit and mature as a player. Now, those who go around talking about him as if he's the finished article aren't doing him any favours, in my opinion. He's still not in a position where he should be starting ahead of Granit Xhaka, um, in my view, when all are fit and available. He's a great prospect, but let's not get carried away just yet. It's something I've said repeatedly throughout this season. Um, agree, disagree, let me know. Tweet me at Chronicles underscore AFC um, and let me know what you're thinking. Now, going back to that free kick, though, which, which led to United's equaliser. I was literally tearing my hair out when that went in. Leno's made the initial save, parried the ball wide as all goalkeepers are coached to do, but nobody in an Arsenal shirt reacts anywhere near quick enough. Herrera, offside, it has to be said, is the first to get there, cuts the ball back across the penalty area with zero pace on it, and Iwobi at the front post and Rob Holding, in my view, are both caught napping. You've got to deal with that. You've got to get it clear. You cannot afford to concede such soft goals in this division and expect to be somewhere come the end of the season. Being pegged back so soon after you've taken the lead is always frustrating, but to concede in that manner drove me absolutely nuts. Shortly after that, Rob Holding was forced off with an injury which looks pretty serious. There's no confirmed news on it at the time of recording, but I fear it's one that could keep him out for a while. And with no recognised centre-back on the bench, Unai Emery had to turn to Stefan Licksteiner. Now, the Swiss came on and slotted in um, as the right-sided one of the three with Mustafi moving into the middle and Socrates out to the left. Uh, Licksteiner hasn't been great when called upon lately, I don't think anyway, but I thought he did okay last night. Um, perhaps he's more suited to the centre-back role as opposed to that of a right-back or a right-wing-back these days. don't know. That remains to be seen, I guess. Um, but late on in the game especially, his experience showed as he ran down the clock towards the end, faking a head injury um, in order to take this thing out of Manchester United. Uh, yeah, he was definitely faking that. Um, but let's be real, it's nothing that hasn't happened to us over the years. So um, I don't think anyone can make too much of an issue of that. Halftime came um, and I couldn't help but feel disappointed more around the manner in which we conceded as opposed to the fact that we'd gone in level at the break. The second half began and as usual, Arsenal seemed much better after the restart. The ball was moving quicker. We were getting more bodies forward in support of Aubameyang. But unfortunately, Aaron Ramsey never made it back out. Um, he was replaced at the break by Henrik Mkhitaryan, who I thought was excellent. Um, and that was probably his best display for a while. It was as though he had a point to prove against his former club. Um, it was the Armenian, in fact, who linked up with Lacazette to put us back in front with just over 20 minutes of normal time remaining. Astonishingly, that goal has been given as a Marcus Rojo own goal unbelievable I mean he's kicked the ball against Laka um, so how the Premier League have come to that conclusion I'll never know but once again having taken the lead we were unable to shut up shop this time conceding straight from the kickoff 
Um, it was a long ball from United. Socrates was ushered out of the way. Kola got there and seemed to be waiting for Leno to come out and collect, but that hesitance just allowed Lingard to nip in and tap it past the goalkeeper. Again, it's got to be dealt with earlier. Kalasinac has got to smash that out for a throw, and he's got to put it out for a corner. Um, anything, really, but what he actually did. Having said that, though, I think Unai Emery was right when he said Kalasinac had a good game overall in his post-match interview. You know, any time we looked dangerous, it was through him. And that one moment shouldn't really overshadow what was a positive performance overall. Uh, I think he's been great these past two games and he's finally starting to look somewhere close to the level of fitness required to play that position effectively. Then, of course, we missed a couple of glorious opportunities to regain the lead. First, there was the Aubameyang one where the ball came across and he looked to have done everything right. He opened his foot up and just tried to guide it into the far corner. But David De Gea was equal to it, making up for his earlier error. He just left his leg outstretched as he spread himself and that was enough. Uh, a similar opportunity presented itself to Henrik Mikitarian moments later. He'd gotten in front of David De Gea, uh, gotten to the ball ahead of him, and, and all he had to do was hit the target. Uh, but unfortunately, he couldn't, couldn't keep it down, and it flew over the bar. Um, hands up if you thought when Fellaini came on, he was going to score a headed winner in stoppage time. I certainly did. So I'm pleased to report that that never fucking happened, and we managed to get a result. Now, Alexander Lacazette did put the ball in the net again um, after heading the ball out of David De Gea's one hand. Um, and a lot of people were, were shocked to see that chalked off. Um, but there has been a rule change. I think it was a few years ago. Um, uh, someone said back in 2008, I'm not sure entirely if that's correct. I haven't looked it up, but there was definitely a rule change. I remember it happening um, basically outlawing that sort of thing um, so Andre Marino was right to rule that out uh, given the rules uh, I think if in reflection you know both teams conceded shitty goals didn't they and, and will be disappointed with the manner in which we were gifting the opposition chances um, I think Arsenal had the more clear-cut chances I think that's obvious and obviously having 55% of old of possession sorry at Old Trafford it is something to be proud of um, so you know pleased on that front um, and and sort of immediately after the game if you'd have asked me how I was feeling I'd have said very disappointed but having slept on it my mindset's changed slightly um, Sunday's derby would have taken a lot out of us we were forced into two changes by half time limiting what the manager could do during the second half and, and despite how shit United have been all season it's still Old Trafford isn't it a place we've got an abysmal record at and we remain unbeaten we march on um, I put a poll out earlier on um, asking our fans whether they felt that the result yesterday uh, was a point gained whether we gained a point or whether we'd come away feeling as though two had been dropped and astonishingly actually um 22 percent feel it was a point gained um whereas 78 percent feel it was as two points dropped i guess that says a lot doesn't it so uh that poll is still running uh, under my personal Twitter, actually, at Harry Simu, if you want to check that out and, and register your vote, of course. Um, a few comments uh, underneath the poll have, uh, have been coming in throughout the day. This one comes from Kev. He says, given United's lineup and the fact we led twice and then missed two great chances after it went to two all, I would say two points dropped, especially given the fact we threw away that second lead within seconds. 
always regret it when that happens. Uh, Mazaruni says, I voted two points dropped, but Emery has created incredible momentum. And if we get a January run, who knows? I still feel top three is a possibility. Uh, Colin Lawrence says, this is a tricky one for me. On the one hand, the way to United is always a bogey for us and one of the hardest away games out of the way. Uh, on the flip side, this was the best chance we've had for ages to put them away. Bar lapses in con concentration again. Granted, though, we did look knackered. Uh, Kieran, uh, Kieran Gunner 93 says, unfortunately, we live in a society where it is a glass half empty mentality um, in most situations. Can't disagree with you there, Kieran. Uh, this one comes from Olisa the Great on Twitter. It's one point gained because Chelsea lost and we will meet Manchester City. Uh, sorry, it's one point gained because Chelsea lost and they will meet Manchester City this weekend. In the last 20 minutes, we could have won, but we were exhausted physically, probably because of the North London derby. I would take a point. Charlie Lord finally says one point gained purely because of our previous history up there. Chelsea losing also makes it a point gained. We remain unbeaten too. A small part of me says two points dropped though. Haha. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess this is a really difficult one, isn't it? I'm actually surprised that the results are so heavy um, towards the two points dropped side of things. Um, I would have said it's a little more um, it's a little more difficult to, to say one way or the other uh, than that. So. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, how that poll ends up. Now, we've got a few listener questions in as well. Um, I'm just going to pick a couple. Um, this first one comes from Mr. DJ at Expat Guna. He's a long-term supporter, long-time supporter, sorry, of the show. So thanks very much for getting involved again, my friend. Um, he says, do you think Czech will get back into the first team for league games, barring injury to Leno, or are his chances down to just cup games now? Um, I think Bern Leno's actually cemented his place in the first team now. I think he'll be the number one going forward. Um, I think his ability on the ball um, is something that Unai Emery really, really values. And you've seen him sort of coming out wide to make options for the centre-backs when uh, their sort of options further forward are limited. So I think Emery really likes that about Leno. And I think that is probably um, what stands him in good stead to hold on to that number one position. Um, he also asks, do you think the FA will retrospectively ban Fellaini for pulling Guendouzi's hair yesterday after the referee missed it? Um, honest answer is no. I don't think the FA will do anything about it. He is a Manchester United player at the end of the day. And we've seen over the years that they do get special treatment. I don't care what anybody says. Um, so the answer on that one is no. Uh, Graham Sutherland says, Harry, I'd like to hear your views on that poor man Zaha Alexiwobi, rare end product. And I think we must have someone who can score a goal in that position. Let's give Maitland-Niles or Smith-Rowe a chance. Um, Graham, I agree with you that Alexiwobi's performances have dropped off lately. Um, he started the season really well, didn't he? And we were all talking about how he was our most improved player. Um, but yeah, the performances have dropped off. Uh, he's not been as effective these past couple of weeks. But what Alex Iwobi does give you is a lot of hard work and a directness when he has the ball at his feet. He drives at teams, something that not a lot of our players do. Um, and also, of course, you know, I've said it already, but the work rate is, is something Emery really, really values. He's, he's, he's a, able to dig in. Um, and so I think he will continue to be in Emery's good books. Um, but I think the fact that he's been hooked off so early in the last couple of games kind of tells you that maybe Unai Emery recognises that he's going through a bit of a bad patch in terms of his form. 
Right, that brings us to the end. Thanks very much to all those who have contributed, um, sending in your questions or comments. Sorry I didn't get through to all of them. I am really, really pushed for time today. As you can hear, probably from the background noise, I'm currently traveling on a train. Um, so I am being forced to record it on my mobile phone. So again, apologies for the sound quality. It's probably an airplane you can hear in the background now uh, flying over us. God, it's loud. Um, you can enter our competition that is currently running for the chance to win some Arsenal memorabilia. Um, all you need to do is subscribe to us on YouTube, The Chronicles of Aguna, and subscribe to us on iTunes if you are an Apple user, of course. Leave us a review on there. That's really, really important. And once you've done both those things, if possible, of course, do send me a DM via our Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC. So I know it's you that's done it because... As I said on last week's show, we don't always get a notification every time somebody does that. And those of you who do will be entered into the draw. And during one of the shows next week, not sure which one yet, um, we'll be announcing the winner, uh, collecting your details and posting the prize out to you. Now, don't forget the Chronicles of Aguna is sponsored by Loserpool, a fantastic new betting game. Check them out, Loserpool for more information and we'll be back on Tuesday with a review of the Huddersfield Town game until then guys take care meet our hero he's a smart guy who loves sports and loves outwitting other people our hero needs to show the world his mastery of the game. Our hero does this by playing games at Loserpool. Our hero is you. Loserpool has two games. In the namesake, the games of an entire season are grouped together into weeks or rounds. After paying an entry fee, you choose one team to lose that week or round. If you're correct, you earn the right to repeat the process in the next round. But the catch is that you cannot choose a team a second time until all the teams have been chosen by you once. If you're knocked out early, you may re-enter the same pool by paying a penalty to make it fair for the other players. Or you may wait until the next pool starts in a few weeks. Razor Pool is similar to Loser Pool in that the games of an entire season are grouped together. But in this case, you pay the entry fee and predict the outcome of all the games in that week or round. You will be ranked against all other players according to your accuracy. And at the end of each round, a predetermined percentage of players will be eliminated. There is no option to buy back into a pool if you are eliminated. <laughs> and so you will have to wait until the next pool starts to play again. In both games, the prize money grows very rapidly. The pool is allocated to the last man standing, or to add a little drama, to a small surviving group if they vote according to predetermined rules. Loser Pool is about community, friendship, fun and rivalry. Discuss and debate the games and events of the week with players from around the world. Invite your friends and co-workers into your own sub-pools and see who can outsmart the group and earn bragging rights. This is your moment. Create an account. Show your sports genius. Be the hero.